Dancers have a lot to balance. From their pirouettes to their jumps, a dancer's performance is a direct result of hard work and motivation. So where does food fit into this? There's a lot of myths and a ton of antiquated ideals about what a dancer's diet should look like. And I'm here to dispel those. I'm Rachel Fine, registered dietitian nutritionist and founder of To The Point Nutrition. I'm the dance nutritionist and I'm here to tell you that to be a successful dancer, you don't have to diet. Instead, I'll teach you how to use food as your best tool to enhance your performance. A nourishing meal plan not only fuels your dancing, but also enhances your strength, improves your balance, supports your flexibility, and most importantly, reduces your risk to injury. Gabe, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So because you're the expert of yourself, I'd love for you to just introduce yourself, tell us about your training and where you're dancing now. Yes. So I was born and raised in Philadelphia. Um, I trained in ballet starting when I was about three years old, always dancing around. Um, I went to a few different schools in Philadelphia, the Gwendolyn By Dance Academy, Philodanko, Koresh School of Dance, and then finally the Rock School for Dance Education. Um, and then when I was about 14, I moved to Moscow to finish up my training at the Bolshoi Ballet Academy. Um, there I became the first African-American male to graduate from the school um, before joining American Ballet Theater when I was 17. I've been with American Ballet Theater for about 10 years. Yeah, and for everybody just tuning in, Gabe is a soloist with DBT, and I'm a huge fan of you and your work. During your time at the Bolshoi, was there ever any pressures to maintain a certain body aesthetic while you were there? Uh, for sure. I mean, I think, you know, it, it started a bit before. Um, I have a very uh, muscular build, and so it's um, very, very easy for me to build muscle, which people think sounds great, but in... in um, in the context of ballet, it can be difficult because um, as much as we need to be, you know, navigating our body images safely, ballet is about the line. So no matter what size you are, you don't want any extra lumpage regardless of your size and weight. So I would grow muscle very, very easily. And um, right before I moved to Russia, I actually, so I started cyber schooling um, for uh, academic school. Uh, halfway through eighth grade so that I could go to the rock school full time. Um, and prior to moving to Russia, uh, I wanted to have time to acclimate when I got there. So um, while we were doing the visa process, I took about um, a month or so where I was just doing straight school, not doing any ballet except for maybe stretching and just like eating. Um, and I got to the academy and I always say this in this way, um, in Russia and definitely at the Bolshoi and definitely in ballet schools, they don't let political correctness get in the way of progress. And so the first thing that I heard when I walked in the door was, um, welcome to the academy. Um, you can make it to your duet class. Um, you're going to have to lose at least 10 to 15 pounds before we can put you on stage. <laughs> and um, your teacher is Yulia Kuznetsov. And I was like, okay, here we are. All right, this is it. We're going in. Good morning, by the way. <laughs> like. 10 50 in the morning after I landed and yeah um so it was kind of a a wake-up call um in a way I felt like 
there's definitely unhealthiness, you know, all over the world in, in ballet. Um, but uh, I tried to balance it. Um, I probably did it in a slightly unhealthy kind of restrictive way at the beginning, which, you know, was not the ideal. Um, but I think after that, I learned how to find a healthy balance between pleasure, food, and um, keeping my body the way that I needed to. What I try to teach dancers is we, we balance these two schools of thought in regards to this intuitive nutrition where we are, you know, fueling our body that we love and foods that satisfy us, but then also as dancers and as athletes, having more of a proactive approach, which what you're talking about because we are athletes and we need to how to better fuel our body to energize us for those classes and those performances exactly it's definitely about the balance and it's not you know again it's not about being restrictive but it's funny because sometimes i have conversations with my mom and and um i don't know if i've trained myself i can't tell the difference now but if i've trained myself or if um i just have started leaning towards healthier foods since I was young, actually, because she fed me healthy foods. Um, but, you know, people go for, like, chocolate and this and that, which is not bad. Again, like, everything in moderation. And, and um, I forget who said this and how it was worded, so I'm going to really butcher it. But it was something like, if, you, if it makes you feel good, it's good for you, essentially. Um, obviously, not in, in abundance, but just in, like, um, pleasurable quantities. Like mango and popcorn is my are my vices. So, <laughs> well, just to kind of play into that, also, you know, eat what you love and what satisfies you. But any, if we overeat anything, or if we eat past fullness with literally anything, whether it's mango or ch chocolate, you're technically not gonna feel great. So, a, a vat of kale, it's probably gonna end up <laughs> not being good at, for you at one point. You'll probably start right. like not having that kept in your body. A hundred percent. Now moved back to the U.S. and started with ABT, which is already, like you said, almost a decade ago at this point. There was less like political correctness in Russia, and now you come back to the U.S. So how was that transition? It was it was culture shock, mm. and it's funny because people ask me about going to Russia, but I I've been working with Russian teachers in America, which is not exactly the same, but um, you know, before a certain time, they were still like slapping your leg and, and saying the things that they shouldn't be saying and all of the above. So I kind of was used to um, that kind of style of, of delivery, uh, the very blunt, um, straightforward, not skirting around anything to get the thing that they want. And so then I came back to America and it was all kind of tiptoeing around subjects and like not really telling you what you need to work on and, um, and not just, I mean, not as much to do with uh, nutrition, but just other things were very much skirted around. And so it took so much longer to find out, to realize what you needed to work on or what was going wrong or what was, you know, where you stood in someone's eyes because it wasn't straightforward. Eating disorders are very, um, we think that there's this wrong, we think there's a look to eating disorders. Most often it involves females. Yeah. But but what about male eating disorders are very underrepresented, especially in the dance world. So talk to me about body stigmas and food and your relationship with food and how that might have been exacerbated as a male dancer. Yeah, I think for me, because I, again, as as I was kind of listening to um, my feedback back in, when I got back to America, being skirted around, 
people were saying, oh, like you, to do a princely role or to do this or to do that, you have to lengthen your line. And I was like, well, my legs are straight, so I think you're saying something else. And um, that is also the danger of not being able to say something straightforward because then I started getting a little bit weird with food more mm -hmm. so than I was in Russia and um, avoiding to like any carbs and like going on like a, a juice smoothie cleanse that I didn't really know how to do. So I was potentially damaging my body um, and extremely, extremely worn out for, for days and days and weeks and weeks because I wasn't, I wasn't fueling myself because I thought that I had to, or I didn't know how to approach um, this kind of nebulous, weird thing that they'd said to me a few times to try to correct it because I didn't know what I was trying to correct and I didn't know how to correct it. So I definitely got very restrictive. I think males in the ballet world tend to, um, it depends on your body type. There's, there's um, you know, not a lot of me <laughs> in, the, in the ballet world. So um, I think I have a very opposite problem to some of the other men in, in the company or, or who were previously in the company who were kind of, you know, doing too much protein powder and doing all these kind of supplements that, you know, and again, in moderation are, are good for you. But, you know, if you overdo it and you're overlifting and you're overdoing all this stuff, um, you end up kind of having the opposite problem. Yeah. And do you feel that it is exacerbated being an African-American male dancer? Definitely. Yes, for sure. For sure. And I think it's something that's... Um, been a stigma prior to my time, you know, prior to my um, existence, essentially, that um, they're bulkier, or they're too muscular, or um, even this just juxtaposition between like, muscularity means not soft and not, um, you know, um, approachable, right. and whatever, all of these words that that were um, used to juxtapose black people and what they could do in the ballet world. Right. So, yeah. Absolutely. And probably coming, having to have to come over a larger hurdle uh, when it comes to your relationship with food and your body. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, we are few and far between, even in the American Ballet Theater, the America's National Company, there's seven of us, um, and we're supposed to be representative of American ballet. And right. so it's, been it's difficult because you end up one being a monolith or being treated like you're a monolith mm -hmm. and then having to really navigate making sure that you are always at your top top excellence and that you're representing in a way that works and so when you're getting mixed feedback um plus the history that you know um it's it's nerve-wracking and it's definitely something that pushes people into a place that that makes them unhealthy Totally. Yeah. So it sounds like when you were, uh, you know, trying to figure out how to feel your body, you did experience like negative consequences of perhaps not choosing the uh, more of a balanced approach. So when was it in your career or in your training as a pre-professional that you kind of started making connections that the foods you were putting on your plate was having a bit of an impact on how you were dancing on stage? Yeah, I think, um, I think, when I first went to Bolshoi was when I started first feeling it. Mm -hmm. And then I did find a, a good balance there because they were very hands-on with all of that. And, and um, I ended up finding a place that I could balance pleasure, food and, and indulgence and also um, being 
how I needed to be and, and, and fueling my body the correct way. And then it wasn't, and then I got back to America and, and kind of had this confusing um, mixed messaging that kind of pushed me back into this, probably something in my psyche that was, was already there um, from years of, of learning about where I could maybe fit in the ballet world, blackness and all the other things. Um, kind of propelled me back into that for a little bit. And I think it lasted about a year where I was very unhealthy and, and really couldn't um, perform the way that I wanted to. It sounds like during this time, what would have been really helpful was having solid resources to educate you about that. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like it's something that's really important for, I mean, not only, you know, through your training years, for sure, in school, for sure. But then the transition into companies is, is, is kind of ruthless. And definitely, you know, a lot of us join a major ballet company and you're a professional when you're 16 or 17. And so you have absolutely no guidance. And not to say that, you know, prior generations had to go through it, but it doesn't mean it has to be repeated. I think there needs to be a lot of, um, there has to be therapists on board. There has to be guidance counselors. There should be um, nutritionists as well that can healthily walk you through it, not skirt around it, really tell you what you need as an individual and help you flourish as opposed to watch you sing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, going back to just having a proactive approach for dancers, because at the end of the day, they are, you're an athlete. And you need to have a proactive approach to how you're feeling your body and oh, your mind. If only people saw us as athletes. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true <laughs> but I see you as an athlete and I'm trying to change at least hoping the community that I have on here is trying to change that where you guys need to fuel as an athlete trying trying <laughs> so um now fast forward to now how are you able to maintain a more positive relationship with your body and even with your plate I found this balance between do I need to or do I really want to? And there's a really fine line because, of course, there's times when you're just like you're over a bag of popcorn and just like going like this mindlessly. And I found that I know or maybe my body knows that I don't really want that. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not always it's not anymore a conscious thought where I'm like, I'm going to stay away from the snack cabinet. It's just kind of like I walk in my house, I have some water. If I feel like having some popcorn, I'll have some popcorn. If I don't feel like it, I won't. And um, I think it's, especially for a dancer um, and people who've gone through ballet schools and weird mind, Jedi mind tricks, um, mm -hmm. it's a hard place to come to because we're all so kind of um, messed up by, <laughs> by the way that we're trained and, and talked to. Um, However, I, I will stand by think, saying that as much as there's unhealthiness in Russia too, everyone should know there's unhealthiness everywhere. So I do say that in Russia, I was very, very happy because um, my learning style um, I, that I lean towards is just tell me, like tell me straightforward. Um, if you can help me, amazing. If not, at least I know exactly what I need to work on or exactly how I need to, um, what I need to find to approach this thing that you're telling me. Totally. And just for all the dancers listening, Gabe, it sounds like you have really a good handle on fueling your body intuitively in the sense of you are having a more mindful approach to your eating and realizing, you know, will snacking up mindlessly on popcorn, like if I want it, sure, but if I 
dealing with some other type of stressful emotion right now, maybe there's something else that I could turn to. Exactly. It's like, is, is this a mental thing? And right. um, I think because I've had problems with it in the past, I've been able to find a place where I can navigate that. And I am overly aware of, of not slipping back into some weird pattern um, and trying to be healthy, but also letting myself have pleasure too. Sure. Well, I'd love if you could give us maybe one or two pieces of advice, specifically actually to male dancers who might be in the audience and might be listening in the future on how they can work to feel more confident and to find their identity in the dance world. <sighs> it's a yeah. of, I know. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm like, all right. Um, well, I would say, you know, the obvious is to, to always keep working. Um, I would say as much as you can, ask as many questions as you can. Don't be annoying, but go to your teacher um, if you really feel like you need to, you're not working on something and be honest with yourself. You have to be very, very honest with yourself to make it in ballet. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we're looking in the mirror all day, um, but it's easy to get deterred by what Susie Q or Frankie free <laughs> are doing and what roles they're getting and, and, and what's happening all around us. But you really, really have to be singular focused on yourself and, and look, you, you, we know what it looks like. We know it's what, what it's supposed to look like. So you have to be honest with yourself and look at what you need to work on because the earlier you make that realization, the faster that you can progress or the more you can progress in general. Um, but then finding your identity, I think, it's you know being a ballet dancer is this huge kind of um two-sided thing where we're trying to replicate this perfection but then we're also you know we get out on stage we get into a company whatever um you have to bring your artistic side to it as well and um don't forget to live a little bit of life which is i know as someone who's gone through rigorous training a lot to ask Right. Um, when you are wanting this so badly but you know take time for yourself say hi to your family have a have a meal with friends do something so that you can find yourself um read a book <laughs> you know um just like really delve into the whys and the hows for yourself and how you, and how you really want to be presenting your art form because you are the instrument, we are the instruments for ballet to be presented on. Um, and so you have this unique opportunity as the art and the artist to speak ballet the way that you speak ballet. I sure. hope that doesn't sound too vague and convoluted, but like. No, that was fabulous. I, I think if we just like uh, uh, focus it, I think what you're saying is have a multifaceted approach, like dancers, need to focus a lot on dance, but we also need to be other people. We need to be a friend and a daughter or a son or, you yes. know, have, yes. because those experiences are what you'll bring to the stage in your artistry. For sure. I definitely need a crazy translator. <laughs> like, no, wind and sunshine and, and palm trees. I've been in the Cayman Islands for way too long. Fine. Dave, the final question I asked, you kind of answered it already, but how would, very broad question, how would you define a healthy dancer? I would say someone who can um, balance their focus with their
their pleasure and with their it's a multifaceted approach there you go someone who can balance pleasure, focus um which again is very very difficult because one can very much easily take over the other and i've seen it happen where you just lose yourself and um you know friends you we, we get stressed a lot yeah. especially when it comes to like learning a new role or the big season coming up or whatever um but you know really finding time i'm gonna sound organic for crunchy granola for one moment but really finding time to breathe because you know, in yeah. the midst of of death seasons um one ballet after the other it's really easy to get in this mechanism in this machine and i think something that's that i hope a lot of people have learned over this pandemic period is that we do need to take a step back um something i've been teaching um, or telling all the students that i've been teaching in, in various places is that yes we're in this like small square space with like one plot of marley and we're not doing like grand jetés across the floor but now you have a second to sit down and this sounds really crazy but look at one foot and say wiggle your left toe to the point where you find this articulation that you would have never been able to get to when you're just banging out class every single day and doing a variation a variation a variation now we can really hone in on on these details that people are yelling at you while you're trying to also learn choreography so yeah yeah, this also actually feeds into nutrition also, because one thing I've always been educating the dancers I work with throughout the pandemic is now you have the time to actually play around with intuitive nutrition and like as organic and crazy as this might sound, really like diving into your body and seeing like what might satisfy you. Maybe a full-blown kale salad is not actually actually the thing that's going to satisfy you yeah. in this moment. So if you a grilled chicken and then maybe, you know. Right. Well, Gabe, thank you so much for tuning in with me today. I really appreciate you giving us wonderful insight. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. <laughs> well, be in touch. I'll talk to you soon. I shall talk to you soon as well. <laughs>